1: real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: This podcast is part of the You Haven't Heard This Productions and Publications Network. For more great shows and blogs and vlogs, please visit www.yhhtmpc.com
4: Welcome to YHHTMPC <coughs> wait 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 what does that mean exactly oh yeah you haven't heard this music podcast a show about introducing lesser known music of lesser known artists from all over the world and now without further ado a one a two a one
1: two three four
3: and welcome to this week's episode of you haven't heard this music podcast season 5 episode 4 side a this is a podcast about lesser known music by lesser known artists that we believe are as good if not most of the time better than that in the mainstream uh, back with another fun packed episode as we as you know if you you are a regular listener this is the a side which is the the fun episode it's the The uh, entertaining episode, let's say, with different sections... Uh, Wayne once said it's a, a magazine-style episode and that stuck with me, so that's what this is. It's a magazine-style episode with different sections. We've got the head-to-head, where we bring some of our favourite music of the week, the wild card, where I randomly go through the submissions and we choose a random song. It could be good, it could be absolutely fucking dog shit. We'll see. Then we've got the intense hardcore John Musical Challenge Mode Go. I was challenged with the... To go away and find a piece of music I like from the genre. can't remember what it was called. It was called Key You know, that famous genre of music. Um, I'll tell you all about that later. Then we've got the history section. Wayne's bringing a piece of blues from history. Uh, somewhere in history. Uh, then the artist Spotlight. Um, with me, as always, we've got guests and we've got hosts, but before I introduce them, please go to com over there, that's our landing page. We're kind of like a big network now. That's, uh, that's like you haven't heard these productions and publications. We've got different podcasts on there, vlogs, blogs. Might even start taking on artists. Who knows? The fucking world's my oyster. Do what the fuck I want. Um, yeah, go over there. If you want to submit your music to the, to us, for us to listen to, you can send your music to info at If you want to support us, please do that, because nobody fucking does, nobody cares. Um, But (laughs) if you want to, you can go over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Y-H-H-T-M-P, and if I had to survive on the coffees that were bought for us, I would have died of fucking thirst a year ago. Right, so, Wayne. Hello, Wayne. Hello, everybody. Hello, Richie. How are you I'm good, thank you. Very good. Apart from, from being fucking dismally depressed, and you know, from well, <laughs> the lack I'm, of coffee bought. <laughs> the, the the amount of work I've done today, I should be really depressed and fed up. But I feel like I'm full of beans, so I'm not going to complain. it. all is good, Excellent. all is well. Excellent. We've um, had some good feedback on the on the season five so far. Because as we know, season th- uh, f- was it three and four? Season three and four, are absolute. Fucking dismal, dude. I and mean, like, We're going to blame COVID on that, but yeah. Season five, we're off to a good start. Still need to work out what I'm doing with the B-side, but we're good. But yeah, you're good, Wayne. I'm brilliant, mate. I'm looking forward I'm probably to Probably going to edit most of this waffling that I'm doing. So. <laughs> Mike, five... Mike, five minutes late, that's what we're going to call you.
5: Yeah, (laughs) it's my trademark, isn't it? Sorry. Uh, (laughs) How how are you guys? You good?
3: We're good, we're good. Are you good, good?
5: mate? Excellent. I'm very good, yeah. It's been um, an interesting
3: week, let's say, but
5: um, I am all good, yeah.
3: Good. good. How's your other podcast? How's that going? All good?
5: Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. We did uh, New Music Saturday last night. We interviewed a guest. Uh, I think we played. 25 teams, and I got to bed about 5 past 3 this morning, so that was pretty good.
3: Fuck um, that.
5: <laughs> so yeah, it was all good, um, really. Good fun. Good.
3: And this week, we have our special guest, and our special guest is a previous B-side, I am going to say contestant, but it's not a game show, but somebody who was previously on a B-side, uh, Roddy Crom- Cromwell, thank you for joining us.
6: Hello, all. Right. Hello, all. How you doing? Oh, yeah, good, hello,
3: you. Hello, hello. Good, good.
6: Some very fruity language on this show, I must say.
3: Yeah, we don't give a shit, do we?
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne and I were discussing your name because uh, Rodney Cromwell isn't your name, is it? I'm not allowed to say that.
6: No, it's not my real name. My real name's Adam. Yeah, I got that from the email. Yeah, I know. All sorts of people get confused. I, I answer to pretty much anything. I used to be in a band called Arthur and Martha, and everyone used to call me Arthur for years. So I've had like three or four names on. It.
3: So did you? I mean, how did you? Why did you choose Rodney Cromwell? Oh, uh, you know, I didn't want anyone at work to
6: know that I made music, so I used a stupid. And somebody else thought of this name. I used to get people's names wrong all the time when I was in a band previously. So our guitarist, he came up with this name, for like, oh, you know, Rodney Cromwell. And when I came to put out on my first album, I just couldn't be bothered to think of anything. So I was like, oh, I'll just use that because no one's going to listen to it anyway. You know, <laughs> and now I'm stuck with it.
3: <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> it's quite unique. So, you know, it's, it's probably good for the Google. Well, yeah. or but I, I didn't know
6: about Oliver Cromwell and how unpopular he was in Ireland. Right. Because um. he went out there killing people and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I mean, my wife's blooming Irish now. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think she likes
5: it. <laughs> when you say she's Irish now, does she sort of convert?
6: I'm just you know, one of my many wives. Yeah. <laughs> in my harem that I've got downstairs.
3: <laughs> I said to Wayne earlier that I thought we'd have Rodney Cromwell on because listen, listening to you talk on the, um, the beach, I thought, he reminds me of Bill Bailey. Let's get him on the show. And so far, you're not disappointing.
6: Well Bill Bailey the sad truth is Bill Bailey's got more hair than me. And look at him. I mean Frikey. But yeah, thanks. He's also got more talent than me as well, but Bill
3: Well, okay, well after, what we're gonna do is we're gonna move on we're gonna well I'm not gonna move on to the first section, we're just gonna get the bis out of the way, the B I S oh, S. Yes. Um so far we've had no fucking response off anyone. It's been it's, it's it's not. It's not working. We tried Luke Concannon. Of all the people that should get back to us, Luke Concannon should be the one. Hang about. Ja- Hold on. He he liked and shared the post. Did he? He did. He asked the. He asked me. <laughs> oh, thank you for making me your bis. What's that? And that was the last <laughs> I heard of him. That was the last I heard. So we've tried um blind boy on the last one. I've had nothing off Blind Boy. Um, Unless he says something in his podcast, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, For the B-side that's out now, and it'll be in the past by the time this is released, I've I've tagged Craig Charles. Because he's into music and shit, isn't he?
2: Craig Charles is fucking excellent, mate. One of the best DJs I've ever seen. Seen him three times. He does not disappoint, actually.
3: The reason we do this is because I'm very... I'm absolutely... What's the word, Wayne? I'm um, an attention hole. No, I'm. I'm <laughs> I, 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 prom- I I promote f- the the podcast like four or five times a day. So if I can tag a uh, uh, some, someone famous or a famous face five five times a day for a week, they've got to at least see it once. And if they see it more than once, it's probably going to piss them off eventually. So they're either going to block us, ignore us. Share, it's not us, it's the artists. We want them to listen to the show so they can find an artist and share the artist because that's what this is about. But, um, yeah, most of the time we're just going to get ignored, I think. And uh, so far, I've been proved right, but uh, it'll happen, right? It'll happen in early happen. days, yeah, right. So, yeah, we've introduced the guests, we've done the bit, oh, well, I have done the bis, yeah, we've got to choose a bis. Who, do, who are we going to use this week? I should have thought about this before I came on, shouldn't I? Should we do Bill Bailey? it's got to be now, innit?
2: <laughs> yeah, Bill
3: so Bailey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then. Okay, so Bill Bailey is this week's bis. Um, do you know what? I, I, I think he might reply. You never um, know. Right, okay then. So we're going to move on to our first round of the show. God, we've been here half an hour. So this is our first <laughs> section the head to head. Each week, Wayne, Mike Five and myself, we bring a piece of music from the submissions that we particularly like. We bring them to you, we pit them off against each other, and Ro- Rodney Conwell will tell us which one was his favourite song at the end, and the person he likes the most is the winner of that week. No, no pressure. I it's just... not a real competition, it's just a gimmick for, for a section of the show, really. So, uh, f- Wayne, you can go first. Oh, hello everybody, it is I. Wayne,
2: <laughs> and I shall bring you a song, apparently. Um... <laughs> right, uh, I'm going to bring a song by a band called 10 Ton Mojo, and it's called Bad Love. Have a listen. Yeah. being recorded, Rich? Always. Oh, are, you, are, you, are you unmuted me? Excellent. All right, then. So, there you go. That was Ten Ton Mojo with their song Bad Love. It is a bit about the band. So, uh, conjured on the streets and stages and in the studios of New York City emerges Ten Ton Mojo, the new classic rock. This is where bluesy southern soul meets the glory of rock and roll. The band represents the rebirth and real American rock and roll hip-shaking rhythms and streetwise guitars blend to create memorable hard rock anthems. Singer singer Dave Anthony says this band started to embrace our roots and to give back to the fans who've been uh, wanting this. And we're always determined to do it our way. Uh, Look, sometimes I hear a song and go, fuck me, that's good. And this is one of them things. It's just, I played it and went, that's interesting from the minute it starts. The, the, The riffs are Wide, I love the way it's recorded. You know, it's balls to the wall, old school rock and roll, you know, and it's got that southern rock edge to it. And it's a bit in vogue at the moment, southern rock, I feel. It's, it's, it's a bit more in my periphery than it has been for a while. Um, I mean, it's so brilliantly riff driven. It's got them raucous guitars right the way through. Uh, you know, it's a brilliant headbanger of a tune. The dirty vocal that the, the guy's got is somewhere between. Like Ronnie Dan- James Dio and Bon Scott and David Lee Roth, sort of all of those in between, and and the recording of it is, is incredible. It's it's got so much energy that it almost feels live, but you know it's not. And what a solo, you know, in a world where everything has gone automated and you can get a drum beat at the touch of a button, you can get everything you need. You know, you don't need an orchestra anymore. It's all there uh, on a on a computer for you. It's nice to listen to some actual practical, practised musicianship, and that's what that is. I just love it. It's just, just one of them that, you know, it brings a smile to my face when I hear it, uh, and that's pretty much it.
3: Rich? Yeah, somewhere between Brian Johnson and Axel Rose, isn't it, this? It's, um, it's nine, late 80s, early 90s, uh, films like Best of the Best... He's, 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 he's yeah, you, know, you can see him in the in the factory before he goes to this karate tournament, and he's working on a car, and this is playing in the background. Um, yeah, highway to the danger zone and all that kind of stuff. It's it's, proper, it's 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 in that ballpark, and I wouldn't bring this music to the podcast because it's quite dated music, and <clears throat> usually feels dated. But this, I don't know how the production felt up quite up-to-date even though it's a you know they know who they are they know what they're doing that they know what their genre is and they know what their demographic is and that they're not trying to be current and up-to-date however this is some of the best of uh, its type i've heard in a long time i think Agreed. Yeah. um rodney what did you think of this
6: yeah i mean it's not the sort of music i listen to uh particularly at home i'm not gonna lie uh but certainly you know if i was um I'd drunk eight pints of Trooper or something and um, somebody dragged me (laughs) along to see them live. I think I'd have a rollicking good time, to be honest. I thought they were quite good. The drummer was certainly uh, kicking seven shades of something out of his cymbals, I tell you. (laughs) He was really going for it. To be honest with you, the the most disappointing thing is hearing though from New York, because I thought... They're going to be some yeah. brilliant kind of like Midlands rock band, you know, from Coventry or Hell's Owen or something like that. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, just all right, you know. I wouldn't buy it. I mean, I'll tell you what, my son would <laughs> love it. And there
0: I'm, you go, no, I'm not
6: into, I'm not into <laughs> rock music, right? But yeah. it's really well done. It's really well done. I mean, I'll tell you, my son is nine. He would love it. He mm-hmm. would really, he loves proper old school rock and roll. You know, he's really into like Iron Maiden and stuff. And uh, oh, anything God. that's got. You know, so he, he would really like it. I, and I thought it was great. I thought it was good. So it was well put absolutely together.
2: Absolutely love that. Just stick that on your post, the 10th <laughs> Mojo. I wouldn't buy it, quite
6: well. But that could still be my favourite,
3: I tell you. Easily. <laughs> Mike? <sighs> well,
5: I absolutely fucking loved it.
3: <laughs>
5: I mean, that's got, uh, that's, that's got everything I love. It's got, blinding guitars the guitar solo was brilliant as a guitarist I respect that I think it's awesome Um, I thought the way the guitar and the bass worked together was just filth and I absolutely loved it I thought the drum was excellent the vocals were excellent Uh, it's just kind of high energy high octane proper fucking rock and roll awesomeness (laughs) Uh, definitely up my street Um, Reminded me of Clutch Reminded me of uh, Monster Truck A few other bands like that Doing that sort of new wave of classic rock thing And I think, do you know what? I know you said it's sort of quite, um, old school, Richie, and you're right, but it's also, there's a whole load of stuff like that coming back, I think. And I think there's yeah. a, you know, there's a whole movement of, of, you know, there's kind of, it's classic rock, but it's modernized, it's brought up to date. It's, it's, you know, new wave of rock and roll, new wave of classic rock, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, kind of thrown into the, thrown a bit more into the forefront, and I, I really like it. I would go and see them live, I'd buy it on vinyl, I'd buy a CD, I'd buy a t-shirt. I uh, try and get drunk with the band and book a gig with them. I have a fucking lovely time. <laughs>
2: I'm going to say that they have they have got the the whole package there. Their design of their their front cover of this is a is a very nice looking lady on the back of a chopper motorcycle, and it's all like retro colours. It instantly dragged my attention as well, and they're easy to find on Spotify. People just 10-ton Mojo.
3: So you in the bathroom when it dragged your attention, you dirty old man. Oh, it wasn't that sort of picture, Richard. Calm yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't get, I can't get my head now. It's like uh, on, the, on, the, on the front page, Mix Magazine says powerful anthemic rock, stadium music, the best of the best. You, you won't get any rock band better than this anywhere. In the next paragraph well I wouldn't buy it
6: <laughs> oh I feel bad I said that, I oh,
3: that brilliant. that's what this podcast is about if you don't if it, if it was bad I'd have said it yeah. I, might, I might buy it for my son's birthday though
6: that'll do yeah, there you go coming up soon actually a sale for you there 10 ton mojo
3: Mike you can go next
5: Uh, Oh, right. Okay. Uh, So I've got something completely different to that. Um, I've got a song called Daughter by One Blind Mouse. There you go. That was One Blind Mouse <laughs> with Daughter. I'll tell you a little bit about him. So One Blind Mouse is uh, a one-person act or artist, if you like, uh, rather than a band. Um, he describes himself as composing idiosyncratic experimental music, in inverted commas, which is relatively genre-confused and often fueled by objectionable human behaviour, uh, which I think is a fantastic description. Um, this is... From an album, this is the only track that 's available at the moment and it 's only available on bandcamp at the moment and the album is called soliciting chapter four and it 's basically so it 's about um Well, I'll read it to you rather than try and explain it. So it says, The authorship of religious texts relating to the presence of higher beings on the Earth around the time of the Great Flood is questioned. This is one blind mouse's interpretation of a process in which such a thing could ever happen. Uh, And then it goes on to talk about the involvement of any extraterrestrial entity, which might be more science fiction than religion, or the concept of a higher being should be associated with disfigurement. And in this collection, which is a a themed collection of songs that you're supposed to play one after the other with no gaps. Um, they kind of borrow uh, and lend bits of music to each other to create this kind of slightly minimalist, experimental, you might call it avant-garde, off-the-wall <laughs> kind of... Uh, Musical interpretation um, of what life might be like if something like those great floods in the Bible or other extraterrestrial, outside influenced, higher being type things uh, were to come and sort of cause chaos. And it's really, really dark and fascinating and interesting, and I think brilliant. Um, and as he puts it, it is experimental, but it is, however, music. <laughs> I don't really like. Uh, so that's one blind mouse with daughter
2: Wayne. What did you think of that? I mean, the minute it started, I Instantly, this is ironic, you should say that. I add, This is the End by the Doors comes flooding straight into my head because oh, nice. of the way that guitar plays and the way it's sort of set up. It, it's very apocalypse now because uh, I obviously oh. use that at the start of that. I mean, the whole thing is so lo fi that I can imagine this, is, this has been recorded on a Fostex 4 track, you know, because it, it does feel like that. This is not brilliantly produced, but I don't think you ever wanted that that effect that it was. That drone that goes right the way through is just intoxicating it's like a didgeridoo. And then it sort of morphs and becomes sort of dubstep interference a little bit halfway through. I mean, it's funny you should say uh, about, you know, the apocalypse and all that and obviously, you know, with everything that's happening in the Ukraine as we record this. We, we stand with you Ukraine, by the way, the first mention on this episode, but we do. I seriously got some sort of Mary Celeste sort of ghost opera, weird ghost opera type vibes this. Sort of 28 days later, so I I think, you know, that's sort of the effect he was going for. It's the it's what the image really conjures up in my mind. If there is a down thing for me, it does become a bit self-indulgent towards the end. He, he, I feel like it could have wrapped up a bit more, but like you're saying, it's part of a, a bigger scheme, and we're hearing like, one track of it, so in the grand scheme of things, then it probably wouldn't go on and run on as, as long as I think it does. It would just morph into the next track. But yeah, it, there's something very interesting there, for definite. Cool. Richie?
3: Yeah, um, oh, it's very, very, um, what's the word? It was very therapeutic. I, I, I Yeah, it's very lo-fi. This was lo-fi done properly. There's a lot of people out there, as I said before, doing lo-fi, and it's not that they're doing lo-fi, it's just the recordings of shit. And they're going, <laughs> oh, it's like, it's, it's like this because it's lo-fi. All right, mate, whatever. Um, but this, this is lo-fi and it's done properly. And um yeah, I, I like this. Light. It's uh, somewhere, I think it's like um, Moby meets Aphex Twin. It's, yeah, so it's just really nice. Uh, what did you think of this, Rodney?
6: Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I like the kind of detuned piano and the atmospheric guitar sort of stuff. I like the fact that kind of not much happens. You know, I kind of like you know, very slow-moving films where nothing much happens or really long, boring books that go on for ages and ages and nothing happens. So that's kind of my scene, really. <laughs> it was very low. I kind of worry that how much of the sounds he's actually made himself and how much of it's kind of sample packs and stuff. Because you can buy a lot of those kind of lo-fi stuff from sample packs. I get them in my Facebook feed all the time. Buy this, buy this, buy this. You know, so, you know, with with, with the 10-ton mojo, you knew that they were doing it all themselves. But with this, was a little bit like how many of these sounds is he making himself?
5: So I can tell you the answer to that. Um, okay. So pretty much all of it is the answer. Um, so he's a producer. He's also a mastering engineer. Um, so the instruments he uses in this is a cheap Chinese Strat copy, a Moog Matriarch, a Revox A77 two-track tape recorder, and a pig PG PC. P no PGG twenty, okay. um, and then he's also got some what he describes as more conventional VSTI uh, plugins and other instruments mm-hmm. and noises. But he's very much. Um, I once commented on on the other podcast that I do about. Um, uh, kind of what I thought was a synth bass line he messaged me he goes that's a real bass I just made it so much." Like shit I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> so no he does it is It is all done um, and Wayne you're right it is, it is literally done on it's actually a two track tape recorder not even a four track that it's um, put through uh, to give it that kind of hiss um, from what you're saying let, though
3: he's not doing the piano
5: he's, he's playing the piano but it's not a, an upright piano in his room no it's um, he's playing a Piano yeah, sounding instrument,
6: but he's Sample that. sort of stuff, I mean, or whatever, you play the. I mean, yeah, it's good, it was, you know, it's alright, it's good. I have to say, the thing that ruined it for me was either the press release you read out afterwards. It was a bit pretentious, I thought. I mean, I can like pretentious <laughs> press releases, but that was taking the biscuit. Be
3: honest, you know.
6: I, I, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't buy it, right? But I would stick.
1: <laughs>
6: I, I, would, I would. I would. straight away. I was already thinking, oh yeah, I'll stick this in one of my Spotify playlists. So it sounds like people think I'm listening to new music all the time. So, uh, so yeah, it was. It was alright. <laughs>
3: Lovely. Yeah. Um, Right, then I'll go next. Then Uh, I've dread to think what you're going to think in mind, Rodney. Um...
5: (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) He's not going to buy it, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Um,
6: I don't buy anything, to be honest. I'll tie it off. I run a record label. I buy records in like 250 at a go, you know. So I I do buy a lot of records, but I end up with, I'd say, 250 copies in my spare room.
3: Right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm bringing "Fight for Your Right." Okay, I need. What? What? Sorry, I'm because I'm. I I don't actually know what's
2: (laughs) going on here because this is a French group. I don't think it is, mate. Unless you've changed your thing. No, it's
3: it's "Patre pour Ton Droit" by Jean Marc and Low Belly. Right. Um, Okay. That's what I'm bringing, but it says "Fight for Your Right." Here, maybe that's the translation. I don't know. No,
6: it's "Ton Droit," isn't that? Oh yeah that is Tondoite. yeah, that's to your right. I'm doing um Sorry. I'm doing French on Duolingo at the moment. So yeah, Patway pour Tondoite. Yeah, fight for your right.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Rodney.
6: That's alright. <laughs> he bought Duolingo though, didn't he? <laughs> I know, exactly. I paid for
2: that
5: as well. <laughs> He's bought that one, yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so this is so yeah, this is Fight for Your Ride by um. Those people I said low belly and Jean Jean How do you say it in French? Is it it's not Jean, is it, is it Jean-Marc? Jean Marc Jean Jean Marc? Something like that. Anyway, it's them. This is that.
0: Elle se bat pour son droit à ne pas filer droit. Tu l'achètes. Se bat pour son droit à ne pas filer droit. C'est mon groupe.
3: So that was Gene, Mark, and was I say Low Belly? Low Belly, with uh, fight for your right. Now I, we don't usually bring covers to the podcast. We don't do that. That's not something we do. But um, "Fight for Your Right" party by the Beastie Boys is one of my favourite songs of all time. I fucking love it. And uh, if you're gonna, re- re- if you're gonna redo or cover something, make it your own. Because there's no point doing a cover if it's going to be the same. Because it's already been done that way. Why would you do it again? This is completely different. Um, I, I, yeah, I just love it. I love the, the, the use of sounds, textures, some the sounds that I'm using in, in there that I've never heard in songs before. Some weird with shit going on, which I loved. Um, yeah, it was just really good. Um, What's it saying about? It? I can't find shit on these people. It just says, Jean Mark brings a female vocalist. It doesn't say like who she is. And I quite fell in love with her voice. I want to know who she is. So, Jim Mark brings a female vocalist singing in a playful manner in French and low-fi synth and guitars, low-belly with their goofy and endearing production. Who knew it's exactly what the Beastie Boys classic needed? Don't know if the Beastie Boys would be happy with it. I like it, though. (laughs) And I want to know who she is because, um, yeah, I fell in love with her voice, so... Yeah. Um, so this is this is that. This is what everything. I've, that's all I can find on them. I can't find the, the only thing I could maybe find that was uh, anything about them was on a web page in French, and I've got a fucking clue. So Wayne, what did you think of this? Um,
2: ooh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it caught me off guard because I would, straight away I had something else in mind, and then as soon as she started singing, oh, it's a cover. And I was like, from the title, I was like, oh, it's it's going to be a, is it going to be a cover or has they just done something different? And that's a cover. I mean, I was getting like, if it's it's like, if the 5, 6, 7, eights were French, that's the sort of feeling I was getting from it. It would definitely feature on like a Gaspar Noé or a Julia uh, de Cornau uh, uh, original soundtrack to a film. It, I feel like it would fit in one of those sort of new, new wave sort of films. Uh, and what the fuck is with it? sacrificing the clangers in the middle of it. You know, the bit you're on about with the strange sound. What the fuck? I, I liked going, it, though. What the fuck? They're sacrificing those poor little woollen creatures. They're pulling them apart. Stop it. I was like, yeah, but that's Gaspar Noe. That's what he'd do. So, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some new wave pretension about it. Uh, I'm not going to say it's bad. I actually quite liked it. It's, it's something a bit different, and it's it's a bit quirky. So, so yeah. It got my attention, if nothing
3: else. Mm. Mike? Uh, yeah, wow. It, it took me a little while
5: to realise it was a cover. Um, and then there were certain sort of words and phrases, and I was like, no, it is, it definitely is. I did enjoy it. I, I kind of... Um, I've played a few French-language songs recently that have been submitted to um, other podcasts to do. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I've got no idea what's going on in them, or what they're talking about, but, uh, but that's because I can barely speak English, let alone French or any other language. But, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Um, it definitely had a sort of new wave... Maybe a sort of post-punk thing, sort of you know mix of electronic. Uh, it was trying to, it was, yeah, it was probably trying to be arty, wasn't it? Um, and it probably succeeded. It landed quite well. Yeah, I liked it. It was, it was kind of weird but enjoyable, and I think that's that's probably a good thing.
3: so Rodney, the qu- the question on everybody's lips is, would you buy it?
6: <laughs> I would buy it yes i would it's really on my street i love that stuff it's got what well, it's got cheap synths cheap guitars um coughing i love coughing my new single's got coughing at the beginning of it and uh, it's got melodic. <laughs> in an accident, it it's all it the things no no it's not it's deliberate it's deliberately placed bad <laughs> cough it's got all the i love it it's sort of like a jean-luc godard the Tigra sounding uh no i really like it i i really like it Songs sung in French. My favourite album is the new album by Strome at the moment, it's from Belgium. No, I really like this sort of stuff. Yeah, Lovely. I'll mm. be looking them up if I could spell low belly.
2: That's that's really funny, you should say.
6: Yeah, yeah. it's really funny yeah, you should say Jean Luc
2: Goddard because the one note I didn't write out, read out was Jean Luc Goddard would come in his pants to this song.
6: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> he would love it, There's, especially the vocals, sort of just you know, with a bit of Latigra as well, that kind of like political sort of thing. Yeah, it's really great. I love it.
3: So that's that so do I even need to ask which one was your favourite song
6: oh no well that was my favourite song I feel bad for 10 Ton Mojo because I think they're very competent musicians to be honest and they'll go it's far it's not really
3: a competition because I mean yeah, music's subjective it's just bands we play they're very competent they're brilliant musicians it's just a it's just a matter of taste at the time, isn't it?
6: Be honest with you, I'm surprised with myself. I actually enjoyed all three of those songs, and I'm not just saying that. But yeah, the last one by Jean-Marc and Loebelli was my favorite.
3: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Lovely. Well, uh, thank you for yeah. that. Uh, are sure. Is, uh, are we done? We are done with the head to head? We are moving on to our we're next done with section. The so we're going to move. Go on listen to, to those people. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Go listen to all those people. If you like them, we'll leave all the links to the artists in the show notes. And you can go check them out, show them some love, hunt them down, assassinate them. Do what you want. Hang yes. on, just
2: before we run off, just
3: before we run off, Bill Bailey, what did you think of those? Get in touch, let us <laughs> know. Oh, yeah. What did you think, Bill? Right, so, yeah, we we'll are moving on to our next section, which is the wild card. Um, so Got the mind. we're gonna move on to the wild card uh, for those who don't know the wild card is i'm gonna go into the emails i'm actually on the emails now uh the hundreds and thousands of emails that we have I'm going to flick through, and at some point while I'm flicking, which I'm doing now, Rodney is going to say stop, and the one I stop on is the one we're going to play. So I'm flicking, Rodney, okay. I'm flicking, I'm flicking, I'm flicking, okay. I'm flicking, I'm flicking. Are you, oh, uh, you, stop. Say stop. Okay, they, what we've got here, we've got uh, who's, This is off Pufferfish Press, uh, available for review and radio now. Daniel Maguire debut single. Estella Alvarez, 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 <laughs> Estella Alvarez, released February the twenty fifth. Fuck me. So oh, I just spelled that. I just know that, mate. Go. Up. It's uh, um, uh, Daniel Maguire. <clears throat> you you know how to spell that, but the song is yeah. Estella, E-S-T-E-L-L-A, yeah. Alvarez, I L V A R I S E. Okay, right. Okay. so Daniel Maguire is an independent singer-songwriter based in Luton, Bedfordshire. He's a self-taught guitarist who has de- delved, I was going to say developed, but there's no O in there, and no P. He has delved into a world of songwriting. Daniel's musical influences include the likes of Jamie T, Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, Clash, The Jam, to name a few. His debut single, "Sambuka Dance, is available now on all music streaming platforms, soon to be followed by his second single, Estella Alvarez, coming out the 25th of February, which is out now. So if you do like this, you can go and check it out. From that description, folkies, what do you think we're going to get? Starting with you, Wayne, what do you reckon? What's this going to be? Wayne I've can't talk because his cuckoo clock's fucking going off. going off. It's, it's nine o'clock, everybody. <laughs> I just keep going. Go on, keep, keep giving me a shit. Go on,
2: keep giving me. Go on. Okay, I'm sorry, Mike
3: you. Wayne, just go mute on. yourself. What Mike can start. Jesus.
5: To <laughs> honest, i got so distracted by the cookie clock. I can't remember what you said. I've got no idea what to expect. Um, not a clue. I think it's just going to
3: be a bit of indie indie rock, like the you know mm. the '90s indie. I think Rodney. Any expectations? Yeah, kind from of this? Mid,
6: middle of the road guitar rock, really.
3: Sorry. Yeah, like it nah, now. It's, it's uh, like uh, what's it called? The uh, um, basic like uh, his influences: Arctic Monkeys and all that like Manic Street Preachers or something like that. Is that what you're thinking, Wayne?
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in this case. I feel.
3: Yeah, I should probably not read out the influences, should I?
2: Well, I don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't no, because that gives you unfair advantage then the right in front of
3: you oh
2: I, I think that'll be a bit like the Arctic Monkeys you know or <laughs> <laughs> depends
5: what they mean doesn't it because both of those bands are known for one thing but have actually done quite a lot so if he's genuinely influenced by them he might be influenced by the weird stuff that no one knows or remembers so it could be completely different
3: also saying that I've read out the influences on bands that we've done this on before and we were completely fucking off. So Is that
5: nothing like it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so yeah, okay, um I'm gonna play this and this is Daniel Maguire with his debut single Estella Alvarez. Alvarez, one of them.
4: chevrolet laying on the tail they say they're suspect and there's a roadblock black hill in your blouse soaking red and in a holster holds a loaded Beretta, and there's a plane of eight. Oh. Yeah. In your chevrolet laying on the tail They say there's a the suspect And there's a the road black hair in your blouse soaking red And in a holster hold A loaded Beretta And stolen diamonds From a jewelers in Denver The way she weeps, You know she's under pressure uh, It's time to surrender Time to keep yourself up, yeah And they're gonna smoke it, Hot, yeah, hot, yeah get myself picked up. You're on the floor as the sweat wears off. You often wonder how she's killing her time. dissipate the love that just cannot die. A Mexicano with a gun in her fight. Cause by the name of the Stella Alvarice. And their gun was smoking hot, yeah, hot, yeah. Cause they're always going on. I need to get myself picked up You're on the floor and the sweat wears off It's a situation but I'm not complaining
3: So that was our wild card. Um, so, yeah, as I stated, we were completely fucking wrong. Um, I, I I don't know what to compare that to. I, I, I didn't dislike it. It was very unique, the way he was um, talking over the top. I'm, I'm sure people might try and compare it to the streets or something like that. But uh, it wasn't bad, I think, Wayne. No, I,
2: I, I think this is very, in the wheelhouse of Arctic Monkeys, mate. Like I the, you know, the guitar, Yeah, the guitar riff, and there's some of the stuff that, uh, I don't know what the lead singer of Arctic Monkeys is called, but the way he sort of does stuff, he's almost talking with some of the stuff he does. So I think it's exactly what we thought it was, to be honest. I was getting a bit of Just Jack from it, um, a bit of the way his lyrics flow and the way he sing-stroke speaks. I definitely turn up in a guy, Richie film this, without foul. Oh, Yes! You know, 100% that's what it put me in mind of. It's such an urban decay feel to the whole thing. It puts me in mind of ruined parts of the city. Of, of, I mean, I live close to Birmingham, so the ruined parts of that sort of thing. That's that's where I imagine the video would be made, you know, looking like in the, the underbelly of the city. The whole song is very abstract storytelling. It's got like a noirish feel to it. There's more to his words than, than meets the eye sort of thing. Or ear? Yeah, or ear, yeah. Um, musically, it's fine. Uh, there's nothing. New in there, there's nothing that upsets me at all. I thought it was a really well put together uh, track, yeah. Decent wildcard card.
3: Mm-hmm. Rodney, any thoughts? Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> it
6: wasn't really my cup of tea, to be honest. Uh, I couldn't really relate to it, to be honest. You know, singing, he was singing about Denver and Berettas and all that sort of stuff, but he's from Luton. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, yeah no, I don't I get it, yeah yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, if you like Arctic Monkeys, I, that's all I could hear as well. You know, it they could well get on BBC Six Music. To be honest, they like that lot—that like sort of spoken word oh, stuff. Definitely, these days. he's definitely got yeah. BBC
2: introducing all over him somewhere. Him,
6: yeah, you know, fail. Yeah, so you know, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Basically, as soon within about a minute, I turned off and started thinking how much he paid for his press agent. To be honest. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, but i am sure he's going to do very well and I look forward to seeing how his career progresses <laughs> that's it I'm done thank you
5: Mike um, it, was, it was probably about a minute and a half too long for me uh, and it had yes yeah, it uh, did go yeah. on too long it went on a bit it sort of had the same thing all the time there wasn't really a I don't know, was there a chorus? Was there a bridge? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to comment, isn't it? Because I just introduced a track that didn't really have any verses, choruses or anything, so it's not, it's not so much that yeah. I mind that. It was just that it was a bit repetitive in the wrong way. Um, I completely agree with the comment there about some of the lyrics. It was just like, this doesn't feel uh, relatable, um, and it doesn't feel like it's... Uh, you know, it doesn't feel honest, almost, because I mean, maybe, maybe the guy has been to Denver and Peretta or whatever it was, but it just didn't feel like it. Um, so it wasn't uh, the problem I have, if I'm honest. Um, and I don't want—I I don't really like criticizing other people's music. There's nothing wrong with it; it's a good song. Um, but I don't like the Arctic Monkeys and this <laughs> reminds me completely of the Arctic Monkeys. So it's very difficult for me to give an objective opinion um, that sort of, you know, praises it too much because he's clearly stated that's his influence. That's great. There are millions of people in the world that like the Arctic Monkeys. I'm just not one of them. So it, it was never really going to appeal to me. And If he'd gone down the Manic Street Preachers route, we could have had a pint, but I fear that there's not going to be much to talk about if we did. So, you know, it was all right. I'm sure, you know people will love it, but it's just not for me, really, honestly.
3: So if you want to listen to this because you think it's absolutely fabulous, we'll leave the <laughs> links in the show notes. Yeah, I know you're saying about it, direct. It, didn't, it had no direction, It's like you're saying about your music, it didn't have no chorus, anything like that, but it changed up and it took you on a journey, it took you on a direct it took you somewhere, and exactly even though right. it went out, it was over four minutes, you didn't mind because it was taking you somewhere. This, it, it didn't go anywhere, it didn't take you anywhere, it was, yeah. But, Again, you know, that th- just because we don't like it... Well, it's not. I, I do like it just because you don't like it doesn't mean there's a thousand people out there that won't, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that will listen to this and that will check him out and go and show him some love. Yeah, yeah,
5: it's not, that's what, it's not to say it's bad at all, it's just personal preference, isn't it? And if I'm being completely honest, it's just not my sort of Subjective
3: thing, is yeah. music.
5: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. it. Was I could see why people would like it, but...
3: Just because you it think was. it's dog shit doesn't mean everybody else will. <laughs> <laughs>
5: And there it yeah. is. Who the fuck am I to say that anyway? I've got no influence. <laughs> so,
6: yeah. You might not get any more emails from his press agent in the future after
2: that. Oh, we fucking will. <laughs> You're not,
6: all right.
3: You're not going to have to, and the, the yeah, press agent, you, the press agent isn't going to have to send out any receipts to Rodney Cromwell either. So it's not. Like... <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> oh, I'm not looking forward to the next section. <laughs> the next section is the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode. Go.
0: Go. It's
1: a good genre?
3: So last time I was challenged to go and find some music from the genre Kisak. The Kisak dance is one of Bali's most prominent cultural showcases, but isn't exactly an ancient tradition. The dance was created back in the 1930s, a collaboration between Balinese dancer Wayan Limbach and the German artist Walter Spoys. The Kisak dance had existed prior to this, but as a trance ritual and far from what it has become today. Essentially, the two artists adapted the famous story of the Ramayana into a (laughs) theatric display of Balinese dance with elements of... Its original CAC, that's right, CAC, and other incorporations. Wayan Limbach then brought travelling dance troops to display this performance around the world, cementing a cultural showcase that people thus recognised as Bali. As you can imagine, as with last with the last episode, there's not many independent artists doing this. Thus, I didn't get any response when I asked people on Twitter, is there anybody doing key sac- uh, music that would like to have their music played? I'd fuck all, actually. So I've had to make my own again. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, no. No, this, this is not... I, I, I don't... Once I've played this, I don't want to talk... I, I suppose I'll have to, but... <laughs> this is the... So, from what I can tell, this is just. I'm gonna play it.
1: (laughs) I <laughs> do
3: In hindsight... I should have laid down the drum track first and then followed that. Um, so bits of it are out of time. But um that that's that it's it, it's close. It's what they do, they just shout and make noises and dance. I couldn't again I couldn't do the dance and I didn't I didn't don't even have a video of me slapping anything like I did with the last one, so it's it, it is what it is. Um all I can say is if there's anybody out there that is listening to this who knows anything about Keysack music and you're involved in that genre I am so sorry (laughs) 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 Wayne
2: mate I thought I was fucking joyous and should be applauded that was incredible absolutely fucking incredible
3: dude Love it.
2: Love your, love your dedication to it.
3: I did that this afternoon. I real realised I'm putting together the episode for tonight, and oh shit, I've got no music. I also don't have my uh, propeller head reason, so it wouldn't download, so I had to do that um, on fucking what? Audacity.
2: You know what? I don't want you to ever use Propellerhead, because that was fucking joyous, that was. That was brilliant. Uh, absolutely loved it. Um... And this part of the Sunday night now, I'm gonna to have to start massaging my face because I just can't stop smiling and laughing at how brilliant that was. Fucking genius, mate! Genius, inspired. That's what that was.
3: Thanks, Mike. There was hang
2: on before we Hold go on, on. There was a bit where I, there was a bit where I thought to myself, "Has he just played Mike's song again from the head to head?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. that's a sick burn. <laughs>
2: yeah, sorry mate <laughs> 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 I think we to know <laughs> <going to. laughs> <laughs> Yeah you
5: probably do <laughs> um, Richie I I cannot tell you how much I admire your dedication to this over the last couple of weeks. The the water slapping thing the other week and now this this is amazing. Um there's sort of I don't know what you were doing, the throaty didgeridoo sound, the, the, the drony sound that went through. It was brilliant. Um, and I like the fact that I'm sure I heard you say, Who are you? Somewhere in there. I did, yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs>
1: brilliant.
5: Brilliant. <laughs> I thought it was a touch of genius. Um, but yeah, why not? You know, if you're going to do the genre challenge and you get something that doesn't exist, why not bash one of yeah. them?
3: Well, I've got this horrible feeling now, though, that what's going to happen is Wayne's going to find something absolutely obscure. <laughs> Every time now, just just says so I've got to go out and c- try and create it myself. Can you can you imagine the my, my absolute di- disastrous like
2: broken heartedness when I just go? oh it's fucking jazz. You know what I mean?
5: <laughs> 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 but, but honestly, I, I, I mean, look, as a genre of music, is it
3: one I've heard before? No, is it one I'm going to go diving around through Bandcamp? You're not going to find it on Bandcamp, probably not. No, unless <laughs> so, well, no, so yeah, I put is. that on Bandcamp. Well, maybe you should. But um, yes, I was, but, uh, I was thinking mm. that. <laughs> but as mm. as a
5: as a piece, I was stunned and blown away. I thought you're brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I've got enough praise for you.
3: five pound if you're interested. Um, yeah, <laughs>
6: he was, he's not going to buy it. I thought that was both. I thought that was both brilliant, but also like the music played in the wor- worst health spa ever. to Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i want my money back? to Be honest. If that was pumping out whatever in this back on. <laughs> or whatever.
3: <laughs> apparently, I've
6: looked, I've, I did Google it, so Kisak, spelled K-E-S-C-A-K, yeah?
3: Yeah,
6: yeah. Yeah, a form of singing that imitates the sound of monkeys, apparently.
3: Um. Yeah, they call it the monkey dance as well, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did, I think that That's was. That's why I was doing on. a lot of. Hoo, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah, it
3: was very good. Well, well, and well. as you know, if you go to a, a, a zoo in England, especially in Dudley, and you piss one off, that monkey will definitely shout back, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've been there. I've
2: witnessed it. <laughs> really? Is there a Dudley Zoo? There is a zoo. Yeah. It's, is is there? Right. right? Mm. Oh, I
3: don't, I'm not not stopped at that one. Got a new oh. cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> I right, have so. you know, I have you know they have a large
2: collection of um, uh, endangered animals there. Anyway, we're moving on from that shit.
3: Yeah, yeah, let, yeah let's 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 put that behind us and move swiftly on onto. Uh,
5: do we choose our... the next one now? Because I'm intrigued. I know if you're gonna have to do another one.
3: Oh shit! Yeah, we have got to choose a choose a fucking genre. Um, okay. Have you got the genre bible? It is here in hand. Um, do you wanna select a? Letter Rodney from 1 to 10. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 1 to 10? <Q>. <laughs> Do you want to select a letter? Q. Uh, Q. Q. Oh, fuck off, Rodney. <laughs> 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 you said 1 to 10. I thought you were going to be alright. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, Sorry, anyway, I mean, there must be something. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. How many uh, pages, Wayne? One.
2: There's only seven. Wow, there's seven oh.
3: pages.
2: No,
3: uh, there's only seven. Oh, there's only seven cues?
2: Yeah. Fuck. Okay, one to seven then, Rodney Oh, it's got to be seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why didn't you say six? Six is called queer call. Cool. I, I want to hear that. Um, okay, number seven is. There's no description, Rich. This is all oh, I can give you. Fuck, let
3: me get a pen. <laughs> Go on.
2: Uh, it's called Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm.
3: It's gonna be I that shit that you Storm. listen to in bed when you're struggling to sleep, isn't it?
2: Oh, look forward to your fucking your Spotify playlist for that one, then, mate. Quiet Storm. I think I think if you make more, you have to start a Spotify playlist. You have to put your.
3: Can you give me another genre, just in case? Because I've got a feeling... Let, let me just have a look on the Google. For, I, I can't see that being a genre.
2: I'll oh, just look it up you be surprised.
3: Oh, OK. M- I music it, genre. It, it does I actually mean, exist, Richard. It does just actually example. exist, doesn't it? Oh,
6: yeah. It's a form of contemporary R&B, apparently, performed in a smooth, romantic, jazz-infused style. Oh, yes.
3: OK, I'll do that then. Quiet, Storm. And I won't have to do it myself because I'm sure there's somebody out there that does that I bet as soon as
6: you put hashtag quiet storm into Twitter the load of quiet storm bots are going to go yeah and they're going to send you loads of their links to yeah, their soundcloud that, that's
3: what I'm looking for that'll do as long as I don't have to do it myself <laughs> <laughs> so
5: have you got a sax because you might need you
3: know, it for the- you know it's funny how disappointed Wayne is that I'm not going to do it myself <laughs>
2: I really am because I had one all queued up for you. Right, I thought if you if he does want a second one called Cassidar which... Right. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, really, that, I, I really hope Quiet sum doesn't exist. I'm, obviously, unfortunately, it does. Because Cassidari's wow. epic religious poetry accompanied by percussive enchan- uh, percussion and chanting. I was like, oh, you can do that all day long. That's going to be amazing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> just read, so I've just got to read something from the songs of Solomon at the Bible while oh. doing some key over the top oh. of it.
2: Yes, Brilliant.
3: <laughs> Right, nice. lovely. Okay, that's done. Right. So yeah, if you if you enjoyed that and you wanna find out more about the artist who did it, <laughs> <that's laughs> ww.yhhtmpc.com bitches. Um right, moving on, we're we going on to our next final but one section, the his- history section.
2: Right, hello everybody. Welcome back to Library Corner. Take a pew, sit comfortably. We're going to talk some more about some songs from history this evening. I'm going to try and do this in a less camp manner. Uh, we're up to chapter four, and chapter four is entitled, The Devil Will Take Your Soul. Now, on the last episode, Rich asked uh, all of us what we thought that would be, and Mike, you got it right. You said Robert Johnson, and you said Crossroad Blues, and that's exactly what we'll be doing this week. Hey, Nice. So, uh, Robert Johnson and Crossroad Blue from 1936. Uh, he was born in Hazelhurst, Mississippi in 1911. He was a travelling performer uh, who played on street corners and duke joints and dances and things like that. He recorded two sessions with this guy called Don Law, uh, who was a record producer and music executive. These sessions were in 1936 in San Antonio and 1937 in Dallas, where they recorded 30, uh, 29 songs. And the songs and recordings have left a massively... Long influential legacy. It affects the style of people like John Lee Hooker, Chuck Berry, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, Bob Dylan, and the list is as long as your friggin' arm. Um, uh, Robert Johnson, though, there is very little known about uh, Robert Johnson, and what could be pieced together after his death um, is pretty much myth and legend, which is one of the most intriguing things about him. So, um, in the song, Johnson sings about going to the crossroads. Uh, uh, the crossroads of highways 49 and 61 in a town called Clarksdale uh, or nearby Rosedale. and this is where he makes his facyon bargain with the devil and it is to play and to have an absolutely outstanding knowledge of, of Blues and he said to have sold his soul, to, to get this mastery. Now, up until his early 20s, he was considered absolutely rubbish and fucking awful by all of his contemporaries. So much so that I watched a couple of documentaries where one of his contemporaries actually told him to fuck off and stop playing because he was so shit, and then disappeared for two years and came back and was absolutely fucking incredible. And this only added to his, his legend as a, as this infamous blues player. There are only two pictures of him verified in history. One you will know uh, of him sitting on the, on the box playing the guitar. Another one is just of his face. I guarantee you, you're you more likely to see the latter rather than the former. Two years after these recordings were released, and just as his star was massively on the rise and he was becoming this you know, reputed blues man, he was also a reputed ladies man. And uh, the legend goes that he was poisoned by a jealous husband and he died at the grand old age of 27. Hell. Or was he? Or was he? You know, did, did the get a devil finally come to claim his soul? Also, he is the founding member of the 27 Club, I think, by the way, people. Uh, so, did the devil come and claim his soul? No. Probably
3: not. No, probably no, not. Because that stuff's bullshit,
2: Wayne. Well, <laughs> well, probably not, because um, it's more <laughs> likely, you're not going to like this, it's more likely to have been syphilis, to be honest. <laughs> 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 there, is, there is a journalist there was this great story on, on, on internet, so it's got to be true um, of this journalist who uh, said that he tracked down the killer this guy who allegedly poisoned um, Robert Johnson but he wouldn't give up his name or where he got this information from uh, so it's got to be true then Right, we're going to have a quick game now people Are you ready for a quick game? Sure yes. We're going to play the game of Johnson or Metal Right, so I'm going to read you a song title out and you've got to guess if it's Robert Johnson or a metal song. Are you ready? Go on then. Yeah. More Than I Can Chew.
3: Rob Johnson. Metal, I think.
2: Uh, I'm going to say that is metal. Metal. It is metal. It's Mastodon, More Than I Can Chew. Uh, Shot Down in Flames. Robert Johnson.
3: Yeah, Robert Johnson. If I just say his name over and over again, I'm going to get one right. Oh, oh, it's metal, metal again!
2: Oh. oh yes, he's he's flying his uh his old two. old Rodney. He's flying. Uh, if I uh, if I had possession over Judgment Day,
3: Rodney Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was looking at I was looking at his name on the screen and meditating The other guy, the blues the artist, <laughs> is what I meant. Robert <laughs> Johnson. I
6: think
2: it's metal as well. Oh no, it's Richie and Richie and Mike this time. That's Robert Johnson. Uh, Yeah, um, that's fair deal gone down. Oh, definitely Johnson. I'm get metal that
3: one. I No, it's Robert
2: Johnson. Is that? Yeah. And we'll go for one more. Uh, No way back. Just through.
3: Oh,
6: metal i will go metal because I've been wrong for the It
2: It is metal. You're right. It's, it's a Trivium yeah. who sings that song. There was only one more, um, and it's called Hell I'm on My Trail.
3: Oh, definitely metal. Johnson.
2: Johnson. That's definitely Johnson because it is Johnson. Yes. Oh. So yes. there we go, people. We are finished again. The uh, myth and legend of Robert Johnson and Did he sell his soul or did he just die of syphilis?
3: Uh, so we're going to play the song now, Wayne, aren't we?
2: Yes. Go for it.
3: That was that. If I was um, Mr. Johnson, I'd be asking, I'd be demanding my soul back off the devil. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) That, that, I don't know what he was recording on, that was (laughs) lo-fi. No, I did like like that. That's a very, yeah, it's just a nice bit of blues, in it? to be honest all blues of that style just all sounds the same to me but um, yeah that's why it's nice I like it Um, I've got nothing else to say on that
2: cool
5: Mike Um, I'm a a big Robert Johnson fan he only recorded twice in his entire life I think there's still about 20 or maybe even nearly 30 songs Uh, but he only ever did two recording sessions there's very little then uh, it was in like 1935 or something which is it was pretty low fi but, <laughs> but he's um, <clears throat> I think he's brilliant um, th- they reckon that he was actually rather than selling to the himself he was actually taught by a bloke called Ike Zimmerman who was also a pretty decent blues guitarist so he sort of went off he had all sorts of problems I think his mum kept remarrying and uh, I think they were chased out of town by a lynch mob when he was very young and all this sort of stuff so he kind of went wandering to find himself and that's supposedly where he became a really good guitarist as opposed to a really shit one um and this play quite Zimmerman is supposed to have taught him but there's a rumor about him as well where he uh apparently learned to play the guitar um, by visiting graveyards at midnight and apparently there's a supernatural thing there as well so I love all those sorts of stories and history and stuff so it's really good to hear about uh him and that obviously famous crossroads story but um, yeah I really like the track I'm a big Robert Johnson fan I think there's lots of soul and heart um, in what he and, and you know, stacks of others in that era do um, and especially what they would have had to go through to even be able to be allowed to go into a recording studio and pay for it and everything else. Um, it's pretty incredible so yeah, I think he's awesome. He's brilliant.
3: I assume he was a big influence on the likes of people like Lead Belly. 100%, yeah, yeah, and everyone free to Robert Plant and,
5: oh, well actually yeah I don't know how old Leadbelly Belly is but definitely like, you know the sort of birth of Classic rock and all that, you know, Robert Plant, people yeah, like that. Definitely. And borrowed from
3: uh, from Robert Johnson. Yeah, you sounded like you liked this, Rodney. Oh, I
6: love it. I've I've got I've had both the albums. I suppose I've uh, I've had two of his albums. The two I suppose, the two recordings for I don't know Donkeys years really. When I was a, uh, I think when I finished my GCSEs, I had a job. Painting and decorating in the summer holidays, and I just had two tapes, and they were like two tapes of blues, and they just had all like Robert Johnson on them, and I absolutely love it. But obviously, I didn't know what any of the songs were called, otherwise, I would have got five out of five in the quiz. I'm a bit annoyed about that, really. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, re- I really like this stuff. It's yeah, absolutely terrific.
3: It's, uh, inspirational, talk. it's the it's the kind of stuff that's inspired so many artists. That are, even even today, you know. It inspired a genre. Bob Dylan's the other
5: one that was influenced by Robert Johnson. Um,
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, thank you for that, Wayne. Lovely. Uh, Any hint as to what we've got next time? Right then. So, my sub uh, title for next
2: week's episode (laughs) is (laughs) Racist, Racists Everywhere.
3: Um, (laughs) um, Okay. Uh, Moving on to our next section then. The uh, <laughs> final section, which is the I guess spot- he's... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> no. Um, well, uh, music by the white supremacists of America. I don't know. Throwing <laughs> him off his stride. Look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what, what, just give us a bit, bit more of a clue. What, what is it? Uh,
2: it's from a African American Broadway show.
3: Right. Is that what it's called?
2: No the show. Is... Nope.
3: Oh. Okay, then, well, um, yeah. That'd be quite a hard-hitting
5: show, wouldn't it, if that was the name? (laughs)
3: Jesus. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just send me the link to it, Wayne, and uh, I... I, um, Will do. I hesitantly look forward to it. Um,
2: (laughs) I don't think it's going to be what you think it's going to be. Let's put it that way.
3: Okay. So we're going to move on to our final section of the evening, which is the Artist Spotlight. Well, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your evening. It's all right. Good fun. Honestly. So, where are you from, Rodney? Uh, I'm in Catford.
6: So I've lived in uh, Catford. Sorry, you probably don't know where that it is. Uh, it's in Lewisham. In that's in London. I'm in London. Uh, I, yeah, basically,
3: <laughs> you're very hard work. Know,
6: 22 me. years I've lived here. I think, uh, and obviously I'm 24 years old. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I've lived here all around sort of place, but yeah, I live in London.
3: And uh, your so your music. Uh, we had you on the B side. I took to your music straight away. I love it. Um, what if you were to describe your music to someone? How would how would you describe it? Uh,
6: electronic music. Made on entry-level synthesizers, uh, a guitar that was bought from Argos, and some toys that I nicked out of my kids' toy box.
3: There's a genre I've never heard of.
6: Well, there you go. I don't know where where it is in the alphabet either, but, you know... (laughs) (laughs) You should do it.
3: You should do it. So, would you say it's like a a lo-fi EDM you do? Yeah, I wouldn't call it EDM, because I don't know what that means.
6: But, um, yeah, I mean, everyone calls it (laughs) synth-pop. I don't really like (laughs) synth-pop. So I don't call it that. Um, it's just I don't know. It's pop music, but it's it, it's you know kind of indie electronica. You know, when I'm on Submit Hub, uh, just on there trying to get rejected by loads of people, I generally call it like indie electronica. You know, and they generally just reject you before even you know doing anything really. Just take your money.
3: Fuck them. So, yeah. <laughs> and how long have you? How long have you been doing doing the mu- music? Doing do you do do music or do you play music? How long have you been into music?
6: I have been into well, let's, that makes that I have to age myself if I answer it without lying. But I have been doing it a long time. So, I, Rodney Cromwell since twenty fifteen, I think, and um, before that I was in a band called Arthur and Martha. We were kind of like a two piece electronica. Thing. And then before that, I was in a band called Saloon, and we were like indie electronica, really sort of folktronica, I guess. And um, when we were doing that, John Peel was still alive, so you can imagine how long ago that was. Uh, so, yeah, that's about 20 years ago, really. So, I started young. Mm. Yeah, and I can't really, I still can't play a musical scale. I'm the most unmusical person making music. I am all entirely self taught, and you know, I can play my own stuff, but if you ask me to go and uh, play a Robert Johnson song on the guitar, I couldn't do it
3: now, if, I, don't, I don't know if you'll believe this or not after listening to my performance earlier but I too am self-taught but, uh, <laughs> oh. so yes yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I have no questions in front of me, that was the one thing I forgot to do today <laughs> So, shall I ask my own questions? <laughs>
6: so Rodney what is your favourite colour? I think it's probably <laughs> orange but sometimes it's green <laughs> Rodney how did you get your name oh we've done that one already haven't we Oh, no, you
3: didn't actually tell us what,
6: how you came up with Rodney and Cromwell. Oh, God, I don't know. I didn't come up with it. So, Matt from Saloon... Basically, when I was in this band's saloon, we got offered to do a tribute to the Lord of the Rings, right? And the rest of the band were like, we're not doing that, what are you doing that for? <laughs> and I was like, no, I love the Lord of the Rings, because I love all that nonsense, you know, elves and stuff. Except my son now, he likes to go to Warhammer on a Sunday, and I've put off that crap for life now. Anyway... So I was asked to do a song on this Lord of the Rings album and Matt came up with the name. Well, you should call yourself Rodney Cromwell. And I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, I'll do that because I couldn't think of anything better. And then when I came to do the album in 2015, I just I was just lazy, couldn't be bothered to think of
3: a new name. So I got stuck with Rodney Cromwell. If you've ever gone on a radio show in future and somebody asks you the same question... Maybe make something up. Yeah,
6: I know. I know. It would be better, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Can I, make I love your honesty.
3: I love you, honesty. You've been absolutely honest all the way through. I'm going to have to edit most of you out. <laughs> I,
6: I tell you what, I don't want to meet Daniel Maguire's mum in the street, that's for sure.
3: On that note. This, uh, this past few years has obviously been difficult. Well, I say it's been difficult for most artists, hasn't. I've just been sat around doing loads and loads of writing. It's been brilliant for them. So when it comes to gigging, they've got shitloads of material. Have you found that?
6: Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. It's a bit of a pain in the neck for me, to be honest, because I'd always planned to write my album in 2020, and then everyone was suddenly writing an album in 2020. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, everyone's putting out records now. And also, the fact it didn't help, so I wrote about three songs for the record... And then, so then my new single is the last one before I caught COVID. So I caught COVID at the beginning of March, and then that just kind of changed everything. Really, I realised you know I didn't want to make a kind of, I just gloomy kind of. I just changed the, what sort of record I was making. Really, because of it, it became a little bit more psychedelic. I suppose because basically, I, I, I uh, my memory was completely shot. I had really bad brain fog and stuff, so I was almost in a kind of psychedelic haze, just from. Covering from COVID, really, and that kind of affected the record I made.
3: Mm. And do you play live at all? Yes. Okay.
6: <laughs> open open and closed question. That was. Yes, I do. Uh, I've got some gigs coming up. I'm, there you go. This is where I plug my gigs, nineteenth. Yeah, that, that, um, that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, nineteenth uh, of March. I'm headlining, so it's the day after my album comes out. I'm headlining at a place called the Cavendish Arms. It's a little theatre thing in London with a band called Spray and a band called Circuit 3, and that's going to be great. And then the week after, on the Friday, I think it's the 25th, I'm playing in Manchester, a place called Atma, with also with Spray and Factory Axe. And then the week after that, on the Sunday, which I think is the 3rd of April, I'm playing in New Cross in London, quite near to home, and I'm supporting a band called F- A Flock of Seagulls, who some people have actually heard of. You? of those. Yeah, yeah, and they can... They can play as well. They're, like, proper talented.
2: I've got to look. What fucking song was it? Oh, I ran. I ran, of course. I ran. I, ran, I yeah, ran, yeah. I ran so far away. That
6: one. That's the one. That's the big hit. Yeah. Lovely. That'll be fun.
3: No no gigs near Birmingham? I am playing. I'm not playing in Birmingham,
6: no, uh, yet. I haven't booked anything in Birmingham yet. i played Birmingham a few times, many times, actually, in my checkered career, Uh, i'm playing coventry which is as close as i'm getting that's booked so far and that's in september
3: i just passed through coventry it's not somewhere you try to stop no um oh no
6: sorry i know sorry about that sorry i like it i love it hello coventry it's not it's
3: not it's not not bad it's not bad it's just because it's um it's that one place in england that was bombed so bad that it's it, there's there's no history there at all. Whereas most of England has a bit of history, it has a bit, a bit of culture. There's no culture but, in um, No, that's not Coventry true, Rich. Actually,
2: at all. I need to stand up for Coventry. Yeah? yeah, that was a long time ago when it was bombed. Like a lot, was quite it, a lot's happened since. It was then. the city of culture last year, Rich.
6: Yeah.
3: yeah, but all of it, all of its history, all of its history was bombed.
6: Yeah, but you're not—you're yeah, going but... to go and see a gig. You're not going to go in a museum,
3: are you? Or
2: whatever. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. That's <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> Old Deroses, everybody. They have—they have, they have um, a Selector Museum there up at Selping, Coventry. You could go and see the roots of Selector, where that came from, as well as that. Obviously, you have got the room. You, know, you need to go. Coventry's a cool place.
3: I like Coventry. Yeah, if I want to see when Wayne, I'll, I'll go to Dudley Castle. Um, it, was, it was the City of Culture last year, Rich. It was. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Rodney, <laughs> if people want to come and see you and they want to find out more about you and you'll you know, find dates or find anything out, like, you know, where can they go? Well, Social they could go to... Websites.
6: So, my record label is called happyrobots.co.uk. Uh, Happy Robots is the name of the label. You can go there, but... I don't update it as often as I should do um, it takes forever so if your best place to go is go on my Instagram and then there's a link the link tree's on the Instagram
3: we get a lot from you from Happy Robots you've got a fair few artists on there have you
6: I have indeed yeah Roman Angelos in New York Brooklyn Ooh, new we've,
3: had, it, we've had, we had him on the show before? Oh, we've had him played his music haven't we I think you might Roman have done yeah Angelos, I think you have a few weeks yeah, ago maybe easy yeah.
6: listening stuff I think you are quite liking it yeah you did yeah, you did yeah. play it yeah so I've got Aaron Roman I've got uh, Alice Hubble as well um, who had a lot of play on BBC 6 music herself without talking all over the record and uh, who else I've got a band called Mood Tag who play like cr- uh, Kraut Rock music there bloody uh,
2: love bloody love Mood Tag love them
6: there you go they're one of mine I discovered them so yeah so that's <laughs> <laughs> all down to my uh, talent Uh, Yeah, anyway, so they're on my label, yeah.
3: So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, how long have you had that label?
6: Uh, We started doing it in 2009 originally with the Arthur Martha record. Um, Basically, I just got. I didn't want to work with any other. not very nice labels anymore I'm still stuck to my American contract from when, from years back before I can't get out of that still I'm stuck with that for life so I don't want to get screwed over by anyone so like, let's just do it ourselves so we've got a distributor and all that sort of stuff so yeah we started it then we did take a few years off after we went bust the first time and then I started up again 2015 hopefully we won't go bust again this time
3: so for the indie artists out there that are listening to us and trying to get a sign, what is the difference between, say, a label, an independent label like yourself and one of the bigger labels or one of the bigger subsidiaries of the bigger labels?
6: Oh, to be honest with you, they've got probably better marketing budgets than I've got. Uh, but they won't necessarily work as hard for you. Is there, the, every label's got different things that they do well or, or they don't do well. You know, some of them are very good at putting on gigs. Others are good at selling out... 200 records in a day, or whatever, but I we'll do anything else for you, you know. So those 200 people will know about you, but no one else would ever hear you, you know. And what we do, I, my, what I do is as much kind of man, management services as anything, which makes it sound really boring, but no, it's not, honestly.
3: Since the digital age, though, everything's completely different. I mean, even the bigger labels, they, they, they don't work the same as they used to back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, no. In fact, the most of the stuff that the bigger labels do, you can you can do yourself, it's just... I wrote a whole thing about this recently, because most... Oh, yeah, Mike Mike runs a label as well, sorry. Do you mind? What's your label, Mike? Uh, lights and What's Lines. Your label?
5: Lights and uh-huh. Lines. We're, we're brand new, though. We're not even a year old yet. Um, but the thing I was talking about recently is, if you think about it, most indie artists work alone, so you self-release, you self-promote. It's quite alienating, it's quite lonely, so... For me the the point of an indie label is you double the efforts you can help them reach new audiences, you develop their skills, you prevent you know provide sort of a sense of community you've got label mates, you've got support, you can encourage creativity. I think it's, it's you could do everything on your own. I've done everything on my own for years, but at the end of the day it's having someone else on your team is incredibly valuable, I think. Um, and then the other thing is, we basically run a small warehouse. Like I've put boxes of shit <laughs> <me> that uh, <laughs> yeah. I have to send out. So that's the other half, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah.
6: It's every label every label is different. But the most important thing is, you're right. It's about like kind of being able to have connections, really. You know. So so I, I you know for example, the six music thing is like you know I got played on um, Steve Lemack and. Gideon Co and all that sort of stuff, and so I had that connection. And then when it came to I put out other records, you know, I'd send them to those guys. Oh, you played my record? i this one I'm putting out. That so you know that sort of thing. I think connections really works. You know, uh, yeah. But it is it's it's it, it is like a, a day a, another job on top of a day job. So it is hard work. I get lots of people saying, "Can I join your label?" I'm like,
3: "Well, oh God, do you know how many Not hours really. of
6: my life that will take?" Yeah, exactly. That's why I can't keep it as small as possible. To be honest, at the
3: moment, I think it's similar to what I'm doing with the. Um, you haven't heard this productions and publications, then, but but we're doing it for creatives, as in like people who do blogs and vlogs and podcasts. We've got a few podcasts on there now, and it's just about getting people together and meeting, having a place for people to like minded people to be able to talk to each other and mm. have share ideas or if you need a guest on your show you can reach out to the people on the um, within within there and we do, we do a lot of all, the promotion for the podcasts and all that kind of shit luckily I don't have to press vinyls and all that so I don't need a warehouse but I do <laughs> need hours and hours and hours and hours of time out my day every day mm. that's something I miss
6: people don't get how much of a commitment this stuff is whether you are doing a record label or you're doing a podcast or a blog or whatever, it's hours and hours of work it takes. You know, when people get mm. snotty, oh, you didn't cover me on your blog. Well, it's like, well, you know, because it'll take me two hours or whatever, or an hour and a half to write something decent. You know, and I don't actually like you that much, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: <laughs> takes even longer then. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> Lovely. And uh, so your song, Back to Music, the song that we're going to play, um, what is that song? And Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, this song is probably
6: Opus 3. It's my latest single. It's the last track I'm taking off the album before the album comes out. The album's called Memory Box and that's out on the 18th. So this song is about, well, it's about the impending apocalypse, really. when I, I've written songs about the impending apocalypse for years and years. And then when COVID came along, I was kind of like, oh, this could be the, the apocalypse. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to write that, about that anymore. So it's a kind of, it, it imagines people standing on the edge of the brink of the edge of the world and... And thinking, well, actually, it doesn't have to be catastrophe after all. So that's kind of what it's like it's optimistic song.
3: Lovely. We're going to play out with that, Rodney. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your evening because it's probably been a lot longer than what you expected. But, uh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've been a yeah, you've been you've been a, a bag of fun. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, um, and you are welcome back on the show in the future when you any time really. So yeah, um, oh, I hope you mean that. No, I honestly, do if you get in the uh, future, you can join us on a uh, b side next uh, next time actually. because I'm starting to have uh, guests on the b side again just to make it a bit more interesting. But uh, yeah, now if you release something in the near future, let me know and we'll get you back on.
6: We will do. Thank you so much. It's been great. I really enjoyed it actually. Thank you very much. I'm really glad it's not been filmed actually on this occasion. You know, no, uh, we
3: stopped doing that.
6: Yeah, that's good. Because yeah. I have to
3: do my makeup mm. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <really>. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, Rodney. Um, thank you, Mike Wayne. Yeah, so that's it. That's us done. That's it for this week. Um, check out all the other podcast listeners. Go over to the website www.yhtmpc. Check us out if you're an artist. I might start looking after artists on there because it's all about creatives and. A podcast, if you're a podcast, come and join. I'll put that promo thing out for it. I can't really be asked to talk about it now. Um, But yeah, until next time, I've been Richie. I've been Wayne. I've been Mike. I've been Rodney Cromwell. Thanks for listening, if indeed you still are. when i was 14 i had this casio keyboard uh, given to me for christmas it was like a really small thing and it had this brass but it was uh, one of the one of the the um se- selections one of the programs was brass and i never thought i'd ever hear a song with it in and that the, 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 it's, it, it didn't sound like brass even though it was brass on the keyboard and it it was it took me straight back to when I was fourteen, and I thought no I would ever use that because it would sound shit in a song. But somehow you made that <laughs> so, you made that sound yeah. like it should be there. And it worked. That's fucking amazing. It's a stylophone, so that vintage stylophone. Is it? Yeah,
6: it yeah. Perhaps a marquee keyboard <laughs> oh, right, right. Some of them did used to have a little strip on them that was like a. St- Stylophone thing you
3: play with your fingers or something was it it was a long time ago it could have been don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> that was a great piece though i really liked all of love because the, the, using sounds like that on that there's a lot of bands i use sounds like that and because the old it's retro sounding and because it's retro sounding it just sounds shit a lot of the time it takes a lot of practice and a lot of know-how to get it to Point where you've got it, and it sounds polished and professional. Is, oh, is, is that the genre you've always primarily worked with? No, not really. Uh, well, I was more indie, really. Again, Beach Boys as well. Oh, Beach, Beach Boys! But Bo- the, there's a the, there's a sound in it um, that sounded a lot like the Beach Boys. The Theremin. That'd be the Theremin. <laughs> the Theremin in Good right. Vibrations. That that noise. Not beach boys, sorry. Okay. Not beach boys. Actually, yeah, no I no, no said beach boys, yeah. But also, um, fuck me, they, they, they were saying go west, go west. Pet love shop boys. Definitely
2: not pet the shop beach boys. boys. Pet yeah, shop getting boys.
3: Getting the village people. <laughs> <laughs> the village people. Pet shop boys, yeah, I was getting pet shop boys. Yeah, I love from, pet uh, shop boys. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. Do they still about? Yeah, they are.
6: They're there, yeah, they are. They had
3: a. Yeah,
6: their albums weren't that good for a few years, but the last few, the last about five years, they're quite good, actually. Really good. Mm. Yeah, they're still going. No one gives up anymore these days, do they?
3: No, they just keep on gigging. Yeah, you just don't hear of them anymore. That's what they yeah. stop. Yeah, you like that kind of music, don't you? Wayne, that that um, retro wavy kind type music. I used to hate it, if I'm being honest, Rodney. Where I, I used to despise it with such a passion. I'd look. I, I I if if I'd heard somebody playing it in the street, I'd happily tread on their keyboard. But now, <laughs> since we've been doing the podcast and time's gone on. It's 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 grew on me.
6: It mellowed, and, um, mellowed with age.
3: Yeah, I, I I enjoy it now. I I, 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 can, I can kind of relax to it now. I enjoy it, so yeah, I do appreciate it. Mm. But you love this, don't you, Wayne?
2: This is my kind of thing. Yeah, I, I like the I like you tuning up at the start. It <laughs> sounds like an orchestra having a tinker about, yeah. and the coffin <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. I like all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a. A peek behind the curtain, sort of, but on purpose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, it was. Yeah, it was far more poppy than I was expecting. I'll be honest. I, from even you talk all night and how candid you are and all that, I wasn't expecting that sort of, like the real poppy side of um, of New Order. That sort of thing. I wasn't expecting that. I was going for like the darker side of it. So when you get that, you know, bouncing, that bouncing, uh, like you say, the, the, the stylophone. Which I just thought was like, really, like, was a, a keyboard. Totally took me by surprise. Wasn't expecting it to be that sort of upbeat. I know, I know the lyrics were pretty, like, you know, on the down the <laughs> the side, but yeah, against that, like, sort of backdrop.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've never is heard that, such have never heard such an upbeat, punchy kind of song. This made me want to jump through the window at the same time. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I
6: actually did record it even more like hyper and happy, like the vocals. I kept i did them even more like you know more excited and happy and upbeat and then i then i like you know that didn't quite work so i went back and used the kind of a previous version it was a little bit more you know Mm. gloomy a little bit more gloomy not too upbeat (laughs) but it's not all it's not all happy poppy on the album there's you know it sort of falls down the rabbit hole after that song and it goes a bit darker and
3: Hold up, I've got my son screaming at me. outside like, if you need his bum wiping again, for fuck's sake. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello? You need your coverage? thought it was just me
6: that had that sort of problem.
1: <laughs>
5: your bum wiping every now and again. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. Please,
3: yeah. Every fucking episode. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So professional here, Rodney. It's all right, so, no he died of syphilis cause he was seeing a bird called Phyllis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dear God
3: um, And I'm probably gonna cut that out, to be <Yeah>. <sighs>
4: It's official. Summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter. The days are getting longer. And your lawn is ready for some love. Get everything you need for a season spent outside with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. Manicure your yard to perfection with lawn care tools from RYOBI. Then get your garden going with vegetables and herbs from Bonnie Plants Harvest Select. Plus mulch and soil from Vigoro and EarthGrow. Get your lawn as ready as you are for summer in the sun. Feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.